Alter Life with Brent and Jeff. Good evening and welcome to the Alter Life. Hey everybody, it's Brent and wow. Jeff. Cool. The Alter Life. That's keen. Jeff, this is our second to last Alter Life episode. Stop it. This is the eve of our last episode. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to probably cry Yeah, next time. We'll be but, blubbering uh, through the entire show. Yeah, I, that's what I am. You know I'm a sensitive guy. You guys have listened to it for years. Just me right on the verge of tears. If only we had a video montage to go with it, you'd be a, <laughs> you'd be a mess. That's true. <laughs> to uh, quote a previous Alter Life experience. That's great. You have to be a hardcore listener to understand that joke, but anyway. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I want to invite you to go on our Facebook wall and give us your last, you know, our last respects. <laughs> <laughs> so sad to see you go, guys. Yeah. All right. More sappy, the better. Yeah. <laughs> um, tonight, uh, in all seriousness. If you tonight, don't do that, we'll just think the show had no no impact at all. And we'll just live <laughs> the rest of our lives depressed. But, you know, no pressure or anything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, tonight, part six of our famous last word series, we're going to take a look at Jesus's uh, announcement that everything had come to an end and he was finished completing the work that he was sent to do. Tonight, a word of completion, as, as he says, it is finished or to telestai, and as we've heard so often, paid in full the debt that we racked up with our sin and all the things that we are going to do that grieve God, we were all taken on Jesus. He died, finished it, put it to death, put death to death. And we are no longer bound by sin and death because of his victory on the cross and through his resurrection. So it's a big, big shoes to fill here tonight. <laughs> They're a big yeah, topic. But, but to this cover. show is like joy unspeakable, man. This right is here. what it's all about. This is like what, you know... What it was all about for him to come to this world and, and to die and to say this. And this is why, um, as Christians, we have so much joy and peace because this he's taken all of our sin and removed it from us. And as far as the East is from the West, and this is, this is the good news. So you want to keep it right here and be encouraged. Tonight's topic, a word of completion, as we take a look at the second to last saying of Jesus on the cross from John chapter 19, verse 30. It says, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, which is something we discussed last week, when he was thirsty, they gave him sour wine to drink. Vinegar, I think, is it says, um, you know, basically is what it was. And it was sour and bitter. It wasn't like he was getting a nice Coca-Cola classic or something to enjoy. You know, it was even in trying to satisfy his thirst, it was something that was not ultimately satisfying. Um he wet his lips to say these precious words it is finished bowing his head he gave up the spirit and that is something we'll talk about next week on our final episode but something to you know we got a lot of time a lot of songs to play and we're really excited to talk about this topic tonight you know tonight this is the uh this is a joyful this is kind of joyful for christians to think about you know uh, for all of us actually it is finished and what was finished well, we kind of talked a little bit last week about, you know, the work that Jesus came to this earth, to this earth to do. I mean, he had a purpose, and and God the Father sent Jesus on Earth 
for this purpose is to reconcile mankind back to himself and for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life and that is exactly what he came to do is to fulfill that and um, you know leading up to now we've experienced you know Jesus completely being abandoned by his father um, where the wrath of God was poured out on him and he experienced um, you know thirst for human uh, from a human human perspective earthly perspective a physical standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint and um, you know in this moment you know the veil was torn and God completely reckons Jesus completely reconciled us back to himself and he knew that that his work was done and um, he was at the end and uh, so here's Jesus saying it is finished it's done my my work here has, is done and um, you know shortly after that he gives up the spirit and uh, and he dies and you know I was thinking about my life actually not at all comparing myself to Jesus by any means but um, you know as a side one of the things I was thinking about is you know God has created each of one, each of us for a purpose and um, won't it feel good to be at the end of your life if you can say that you know you can say that God whatever you created me for I know that it's done but I'm coming home to be with you and we have an opportunity to do that because of this scene right here and that Christ actually completed the reconciliation of of um, people back to himself through through the work he had on the cross and um, man that is just uh, joyful because without this happening without this transaction without Christ paying for it all on the cross and finishing the work that he started um, you know we wouldn't have anything to put hope in you know we would just you know but we would still be in sin and um, you know and that's the joyful part of it is that we're we're free you know um, we're saved we're forgiven um, because of what Jesus did on the cross here in this scene and uh, praise God for that praise God for that yeah I mean one thing that we see in the epistles is the exhortation to not try to finish something that has already been finished you know when we by faith accept Jesus's completed work on the cross we are perfected in the spirit and he said you know Paul says do you think you're going to finish in the flesh what has already been completed in the spirit and uh, that's only because of Jesus completing it on the cross and we we have to put our faith in that to understand just how much it means and how much was accomplished that was crimson for downy flake by eager a 90s flashback I love that song because it talks about the trading in <laughs> something that is rags and you know that our though our sin is like crimson like it says in Isaiah um, they can be white as snow because of what Jesus did Jesus shed his blood for us on the cross we can trade it in for downy flake <laughs> which is like laundry detergent <laughs> that's a great song um, my rags for riches and grace it says in that song which is just amazing um, and that's what we're talking about tonight you know we're never going to fully understand we're going to spend eternity in heaven grasping or trying to lay hold of exactly what took place and how that exchange took place on the cross where our sins past present and future were laid on the shoulders of Jesus and actually 
he became those sins in essence so that God would, um, you know, he didn't just say, you're sinful. I'm not even going to look at you. I mean, he, he poured out his wrath in grief. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it pleased him that he was completing the work, but I don't think God enjoyed, you know, in some weird way. I think it was something that he knew and he was so pleased in his son's obedience to his will, which it says in Hebrews that, which something I don't understand fully that the son learned obedience through submitting to the will of the father, even though the son is God as well. And, uh, you know, as Isaiah said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him or to crush him because it was a plan. And, um, I think a lot of times we can spin it and say, Jesus took the wrath of God because God's this big angry thing up in the sky and Jesus is all about love. But that's not true. And, Jesus said it. I've completed the work that you have sent me to do. This was all from the Father. You know, God wanted his people back. And and it was agreed upon that they would take, you know, that Jesus would die on the cross and he would redeem us back to himself. You know, what's the significance of this verse? It is finished to the Christian, to the believer. You know, when I, when I think about this, you know, I'm thankful that he took away my sin once and for all. And he... That transaction made it, made it complete, and that's great when we get saved. And you know, we're so thankful for that that work that He did on the cross to allow us to be forgiven of all of our sins. But it's funny when you're a Christian, you tend to want to uh, continue on. You, you accept that, and then you try to try to earn it. Then after that, you know, it's like we try to like, you know, add to the work that Christ did on the cross, as if. Everything we've talked about so far wasn't good enough. We um, we feel like we have to add some works and some things to it. To uh, you know, it's it's Jesus's blood and what He finished on the cross, plus all the wonderful things that I can bring to the table. And um, you know, there's so many passages in Scripture in Romans and Galatians where um, you know we're encouraged not to something that we've been given and something that Christ completed on the cross. You know we're encouraged not to try to add to that and try to somehow you know contribute in our own you know good works contribute to and try to you know achieve some sort of state of righteousness um in and of our own self and um you know galatians 5 talks about standing in the liberty by which christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage don't try to go back um, because then it, you're basically saying that what Christ did here and what he finished isn't really reality, you know, but live in the freedom of that, live in the, in the, um, concept that he has finished the work. It is over. It's done. And there's nothing that we can add to it that will make it better <laughs> or somehow we're going to be able to earn some of it back from our own merit. No, Christ, the significance is Christ has truly finished this work. Amen. And uh, I heard someone once say that because the devil isn't all-knowing, and I think I, I don't realize this, but, you know, I'll read too much into it, whatever, but he didn't know that Jesus was going to raise from the dead. How would he? He doesn't know all things like God does. So, you know, it's it's very possible to think that when Jesus died on the cross, that was all, you know, he thought, ha-ha, I got him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it says, like, they've... You know, in, in Psalm 22, it talks about like, the bulls of Bashan are surrounding me. And, you know, that, that could have been seen as a 
he lost. You know, the disciples thought he lost. They ran. They said, well, I guess this guy wasn't who we thought he was because he's dead now. But the fact that he died and in his death, that is how we gain victory over sin. Because three days later, he comes back to life. And it was the, from the beginning, you know, we look at Genesis 22 and it says the lamb. The first time it mentions the word lamb in the Bible. And the first time we see love and the first time we see sacrifice and worship and all these things. And it sets the stage that God would provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. And then in John 1.29, when John the Baptist points at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's taken it away. Like Brent had said, there's nothing we can do to pay God back for the things that he's done for us. He defeated the dragon, that great serpent of old in this death on the cross, which we're so thankful for. You know, going back to thinking about what this verse means to a believer You know, so often as believers, we look at our own inadequacy. We look at how much we don't deserve the love. We don't deserve this act of love that Jesus portrayed on the cross. And, you know, we look at this, it's finished verse and we, we don't feel worthy of it and we're not worthy of it. And so often we, we don't necessarily take and believe this to be true about the love of our savior, because no one's really loved us this much before to completely die for us and while we were enemies with someone you know they took our life and they took everything that we've done that's wrong and put it on them and basically took care of it all and didn't ask for anything in return and um but jesus did and it is finished the the work that he's done here on the cross it's complete and uh you know if you're struggling with that tonight you know sometimes the lord asks us just to believe you know to have some faith and believe that this is true. And, um, you know, if we lived in the reality of the fact that we are completely forgiven and that truly the work of Jesus on the cross is complete and it is finished in and of itself, you know, it'll change the way we live our lives. And we're going to we're gonna be um, drawn to worship him with all of our lives and to give him everything that we have without holding anything back. We'll see you on the other side. You're unbelievable. The Ultra. This is unbelievable. I cannot believe this. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. All right, this is our unbelievable segment. And this unbelievable segment is all about you, the fan. Me? Oh, no, fans. no, the fans. <laughs> we just want to thank you for all the listening hours of all those people out there, all you guys out there that have listened to The Altar Life week in and week out that, you know, set your alarm clocks and when it hits that... <laughs> the appointed time you turn on your radio and listen to us and we appreciate it we know there those of you are out there and even though you've never talked to us uh i don't know that's not true <laughs> we appreciate all the emails and encouragement and there's been so many times where i can remember where you know you just kind of wonder who's listening and we've had times where we're thinking like you know does anybody care out there or is, yeah. you know or you know just wondering what effect the you know the show had on people and then we get an encouraging email or we get something um, here's some news of someone being blessed. and um, So that encouraged us along the way. And we just want to thank you for that and thank you for listening. And we hope and our prayer has been this whole time that the Word of God would, you know, would accomplish what it should accomplish. You know, the Word of God is amazing. You know, you can speak the Word of God and it never returns void. And we know that whether we hear good news or not, um, we know that the word of God accomplishes what it's supposed to do. And so I think that's been our prayer this whole time. And we know that God's been faithful to his word. 
um, which is really cool. But, you know, thank you for all the people that have listened to you guys. And um, we're just humbled that anyone was listening to us, for real. Yeah. And I don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that we did get a chance to meet some people at some of the live events that we did. And just really just humbled by the response that we've gotten over the years, you know. Like Brent said, anytime we we kind of felt like, all right, what are we supposed to be doing here? We would get an encouraging note, um, or someone that we would meet or know already would hear a show and say, man, it was really cool when you guys said this or whatever. And it was totally the Lord because, as Brent and I have said repeatedly on this show, it's not that we have anything to offer, and that's why God chose us. I think <laughs> it's because He He chooses the least likely, and we're really. Um, we're humbled by that and we we understand that and now now so more than ever i think the fact that we can look back on a a legacy for lack of a better term i mean that's like a kind of puts a big it elevates it above what i think maybe it is but like to look back and say wow like six and a half seven years of faithfulness to the calling that god had on our lives it's pretty cool so thank you and um hope you continue to listen to the rest of this show and you tune in and tell everyone to tune in next week for the final Alter Life episode. And um, tonight we're talking about it's like a second to last episode here on the Alter Life and we're talking about Jesus saying it is finished and the work that he completed on the cross. It must have been um, you know to, to have him be at the end of his life and to know that he was faithful all the way to the end. I was just thinking about that, you know, before his father, you know, he's praying in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, if there's any other way to complete this, I'm for it, but not my will, but your will be done. And to have him have accomplished God's, you know, his father's will up until the very last second and to say this, it is finished. The work that you sent me here to do, it's completed. Um, Wow. What a powerful statement that is. What a powerful, you know, all of that climaxing at that point. Um, as he's on his way out to death, um, knowing that the transaction of the weight of the, the wrath of sinners um, and all the sin of the world being put on him and to know that that was happening at that moment and to know that he was a faithful lamb to the slaughter. Um, just we, We'll never understand, you know, as that song says, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know the weight and what it meant. Um, for him to carry that all the way to this point, to the very end. Uh, Amen. Nobody has regretted putting all on the altar. The Altar Life with Brent and Jeff. That was Victory by Shane and Shane. Before that, you heard another one-word song, Liberty. That's what Jesus came to do. Um... I forget exactly where it is, but he, Jesus quotes Isaiah 61 when he comes into the temple and uh, reads from Isaiah and, and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But what he says in from Isaiah 61, which is he attributes to himself as Messiah, he says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness 
that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And that ties in with what we'll talk about next week uh, when Jesus, you know, he's raised and goes back to the right hand of the Father in victory. And he's accomplished everything that he possibly could do. But that song that by Shane, Shane Brent and I are just like so excited about that. But it's just so scriptural. And it says, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. That's where we were. That's why Jesus came. He said, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. It was already condemned when he got here. And if a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's what Jesus did. He proclaimed freedom to all of us who were bound in sin. When he died and cried out, it is finished. It was a victory. It was not, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm giving it up. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't have anything left to give. That was true. But it was in victory that he said it is finished. That's why he wanted something to drink because he wanted to shout. He didn't say, I'm finished. Yeah, no. Right? He said, oh, I'm all done. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. It wasn't a It wasn't a cry of defeat, right? It was, it is finished. The work is finished. All that sin, it's finished. The enemy, he's finished. You know, it's finished. Yeah. And it was a victory cry. It was one proclaiming the freedom of the saints. It's awesome. Yeah. It should should charge us up to saying hallelujah. Yep. Grace is all the things that God has given us um, that we didn't deserve. And, you know, we didn't deserve this. We didn't deserve the Savior of the world, the creator of the universe, coming and dying and, and accomplishing this work for us. And we didn't deserve that. That's the grace of God in our, you know, that we can even sit here to, and tonight and just read and talk about this, that we can sit here free, forgiven of all of our sin, um, knowing that we're saved, knowing that it, the work's been completed, knowing that it doesn't matter what we do, you know, how horrendous our sin is, how ugly and disgusting it can be. Um, Christ finished, you know, the completed work of Christ on the cross um, covers it all. And, you know, there's never a point, believer, where you've gone too far. Um, Jesus' Jesus's work was complete and final on all accounts there was nothing there was no exceptions there was no small print fine print um it's complete for everyone thanks for listening to our friends brent and jeff on the ultra life they rock that was never going back to okay by the afters and that makes me think of uh, galatians as we talked about before like with with us as christians we oftentimes we say yay jesus finished it for us this is great but now I need to pick up the slack, you know? And Paul, that's what he dealt with all the time. He says, Damn fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. There's no reason for it, you know? And there's no reason for us to, and I get stuck up in this too, like, we've been given everything to walk in freedom. The only reason we're in bondage is because we choose to be. And you look back at the, in the Old Testament, the, um, you know, how, how easily the Israelites forgot the bondage of Egypt. And they're like, oh, it was better. This is hard. I don't like this. And that's what we get like as Christians is we forget the taskmaster's whip. We forget all those things and we go back to it. Or we go the other way. Instead of being liberal and, you know, just indulging our flesh, we get legalistic. And we like adhere to this these strict regulations that we put in place for ourselves. And he says... Um, you know, for then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those things by nature and not God's. 
But now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? There's no reason we've been set free from all those things. It says that in due time, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And that ties back with the verse in John when it says that if you are a son, you live and you abide in the house forever. And if the son makes you free, you're free indeed. That's what Jesus has done for us. He's made it so that we can be sons and daughters of the most high God and co-heirs with him. Why would we want to carry around our chains? You know, right. he's completed the work. It's, it's, it's done. He just says believe. And sons don't have to try to continue to be sons. They yeah. are because they were born as such. Yep. And because we've been born again, we have been born into the freedom of that. And, you know, and we still try to be the slave, you know, and, um, which doesn't make much sense that we try to be slaves, but, you know, let's hang on to the truth that God has completed it all on the cross. You know, as we talk about this, the fact that Jesus finished the work, I'm reminded of Genesis 22. Um, obviously, when you talk about the crucifixion, you have to think of Abraham and Isaac because that's such an awesome picture of it. But what's interesting is, is that he has his servants with him until it's time to do the work. And he says, you know, he left his servants behind and it was just the father and son that went up to do the, the sacrifice because no service can complete the work that is going to be done. And I think that's such an awesome picture. And also you look at the prodigal son when he returned home and he said, I'll be a servant so that I can get back in your good graces. And that wasn't even on the table before, you know, he practiced his speech and said all these things like, I'll tell him that I'll be a servant. This will be great. Before he even got to that point, the father welcomed the son back into his home as his son and gave him the ring, gave him the robe, gave him everything. And that's what God has done for us. So why would we want to just be his servants? He wants us to be sons and daughters. That's amazing. You know, to wrap up tonight, it's inter- it's cool to reflect on this passage in Colossians. It says, in Christ, in him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the, the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in resurrection, in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And here's the great part. It says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. If that doesn't pump you up, <laughs> you just want to be like uh, William Wallace and Braveheart and just scream freedom, you know, And because Christ has won the victory, you know, and the handwritten writing of requirements that was on us, the things that, that was on us, he nailed it to the cross as he's being nailed to the cross. And he, he's, compl- he's um, proclaiming that it is finished tonight. And... Um, there's no more things that need to be done, you know, except for accepting the free gift of Jesus, you know. And tonight, you know, if you have no idea what this means and you're kind of listening to this for the first time and you're thinking, yeah, I get it, it's finished, but what do I have to do? You know, he's already done all the work. And, you know, every morning when you wake up, I heard a pastor say this once, every morning you wake up, you're going to you're gonna choose which burden you're going to carry. You're going to carry the burden of your sin 
and your guilt and you know your attempts at trying to be good and you, all the legalistic stuff that you put up or are you going to choose the burden of Christ which he says is is light and easy and the reason why it's light and easy is because he's already done all the heavy lifting <laughs> you know and he and he did it by nailing himself to the cross and proclaiming right here that it is all finished it's completed the work of your forgiveness has been completed on the cross and tonight believe it you know just don't understand it in your head but let it transcend down into your heart and live your Christian life and live your life out of the belief and the freedom and liberty that comes with completely believing that you're free you know and if any, if we do anything may it be out of love and out of rejoicing and out of service to our Heavenly Father because out of freedom that we choose to be that way not because we have to, <laughs> but because he's done it all. And until next week, be cool cats. Live for Christ. Yeah.